just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Tuesday. And this podcast is going to be a little different than I normally do. Now, for those of you that normally listen to the podcast, you probably won't notice any difference because you listen to the audio and it's always the same. But a while back, somebody said, you know, Mike, you should put your podcast on YouTube. Well, that would be fine, but it's just audio. The whole point of putting anything on YouTube would be have video as well. And they said, yeah, exactly. Do your podcast in video. And I always tell them the whole point of doing the podcast is that's where I feel the most comfortable. I don't have to have a camera in my face. I mean, frankly, from the time I was very young, I worked in radio for one very good reason. I'm really not built for television or video. Nonetheless, I've done it on TikTok, and people have asked me to do it now for the podcast, and I'm an attention whore, so I'll do what the fuck I have to do. So you're listening to the podcast in audio, but if for some freaky reason you need to see my face at the same time, well, just go to YouTube, Rational Boomer on YouTube. You'll hear the very same podcast, but it will be in video form. I hope you're fucking happy. But if this works out and people are interested in it, I'll keep doing it. It makes things a little more complicated. But, you know, let's be honest. This isn't really hard work. It's just me talking. So we'll do what we have to do. We're starting a new week, of course, and there's a lot of shit going on. It's 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 pretty crazy. And before we get into the news aspect of this, I want to talk about some emails that I've got. And as of late, we've been getting a lot of emails. This first one comes from Jamie. She's written a number of times. It says, hello and happy new year, Mike. By the way, when you see me looking that way, it's because I'm reading something, okay? Hello and happy new year, Mike. Billy is finally closer to your current post. I have to explain this. Billy is Jamie's significant other, and he's trying to catch up on some of the podcasts uh, because he's back a few days. Okay, we got that. You mentioned the name Kazen, and I thought I would let you know I have a beautiful Shiloh Shepherd named Kazen for years until she had to be put down three and a half years ago. Sorry. It is the New Year's Eve podcast, so you can see they go back a little while. Anyway, I will send you a picture of Kazen. Let's hope this year gets better. Jamie, she did send the picture of the dog. Dog, absolutely adorable, absolutely beautiful. I love dogs. I've said this to people before. I love all dogs more than most people because dogs you can count on. Dogs are loyal. They just want to hang out sometimes. I had a dog that I had to put down recently, was my best, not recently, a few years ago, uh, was my best buddy, Buck. Big old yellow lab. He was like 110 pounds. He looked imposing, but he was the laziest, calmest, gentlest animal I've ever owned. And uh, he and I were just buddies. We'd go out in a car, we'd hang out and watch TV and cool guy. And it was a sad day when we had to put him down, but 
those days always come when you have a dog, especially a bigger dog. They don't tend to last as long as the smaller dogs. Anyway, thank you, Jamie, for the uh, nice email. Thank you for the picture. It brightened my day. Anytime I can get a dog involved in my day, I'm good. All right, this next one comes from uh, Brenton in Michigan. He's written a number of times. Evening, Mike. I'm not one to complain, but give me a break. (laughs) I don't like to complain, but get ready, bitch. I'm going to complain. Today I was out grocery shopping and I stopped and paid a few bills and it dawned on me. Food and just living has become really expensive. Not expensive like a dollar here or there. My family of four has seen our expenses double last year. Schooling for my children has increased. My taxes increased. My insurance increased. Hell, my life insurance increased. I feel you, man. It is pretty expensive out there. It seems like prices go up, but our paychecks do not. This has been going on for decades. This is a big reason why all of a sudden people can't afford to go to college. What we pay in terms of a percentage of our paycheck is much larger now than it was when I was going to college. So this is why these kids have been saddled with these huge loans. He goes on to say, I I got home and then I read something that pissed me off. McCarthy to start the process to expunge the Trump impeachment or something along those lines. What the fuck? GOP has proven to me once again they they have zero plans to help a single person in this country, not even the toothless voter who put them in office. How does clearing the record of a bloated narcissist washed-up ex-president put food on my table? How does helping Trump help lower my gas bill? Shame on every single person who voted these clowns into office who in two years will cry that Biden hurt the economy and turn a blind eye to what the GOP is about to unleash and then vote them back in. What the fuck is wrong with people in this country who put up these trade in power Uh, You have a guy who lied his way into office, and now there's an uproar. That's the GOP way. Lie, steal, and cheat. Nothing has changed. Sorry for the harsh words, but I'm sick of the GOP and those who put them there for causing the very mess they claim others cause. Brenton from Michigan. And you're absolutely right, Brenton. Let me just tell you something. They threw this out there about expunging Donald Trump's impeachment. That's not going to happen. I don't even know that it could happen legally. I don't know that they can do anything once they've impeached him by way of Congress. I don't think that's even possible. But you have to understand about these Republican fucks. They're not saying things that they're going to do. They're just saying things to stir shit up, to stir up their base, get them excited, get them on their side. And you're absolutely right. The Republicans do nothing to help the people. I mean, they were elected and they are paid to serve this country and serve the people of this country, the people who carry this country on their backs, the people that pay the most taxes, you and me. But they refuse to do anything. And have for some time, at least since Donald Trump has been in office, they have been doing nothing but obstructing any kind of process to do anything for this country. And then they have the audacity to go to their 
toothless redneck dumb fucks and say, oh, it's Biden's fault. It's the Democrats' fault. And, of course, these dumb fucks buy into it, and they go, oh, yeah, let's vote Republican. It's like the other thing they've been talking about, uh, taking away Social Security and Medicare. That's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. That would be too devastating to everyone in this country, not limited to just Democrats. Their own constituents, the Republicans who live on welfare and Social Security in the South, the states that get subsidies from this country more than any other states in this country. They will be broke and destitute. And how long will that keep the Republicans in office? They know this. They just say this. They think they can blurt out these things and get everybody worked up. You have to understand that everything in the Republican Party is about fear. So they stoke the fear in hopes that you don't listen to everything or don't understand everything. And then they just forget about it. See, that's the one thing you have to understand. They are like bullies in the true sense. They make all kinds of threats, but they very, very infrequently carry through with those threats because they aren't legitimate threats. They aren't things they can do. We hear about all this stuff they're talking about in the House of Representatives. We even have the media coming out saying, oh, no, they're going to do this. But the fact of the matter is, unless the Senate uh, passes it and Joe Biden signs it, ain't nothing going to pass. So why are we reporting this like it's devastating or it's scary or it's frightening? I don't get it. Well, I know why the media does it. They need to stoke that fear, too. So you keep watching their fucking uh, their fucking broadcasts. It is tiring to watch the Republicans do what they do. And I think we are making some headway here. You see, not all Republicans are like that anymore. Not that they aren't bad people, but they've seen how that concept doesn't work. They lost the midterms. They just keep losing when they side with Donald Trump and the Trumpism. So now they're stepping away from it. There's a small faction of people in the Republican Party, in the House of Representatives, that are MAGAFUCKs. And they're going to try to stir things up, create chaos. Because, you see, the only thing they're interested in doing is taking down the country, literally turning over elections, overthrowing the government, and taking down this country. Because then they can come back with their authoritarian or fascist regimes and take control of this country. Why they want to do this, I have no fucking idea. I don't even know that they have any idea what they're getting into, should they even actually accomplish that. You see, that's the one thing about the Republicans that troubles me the most is they're fucking stupid as hell. And I've always said this. I said, if somebody is dumb or doesn't know anything, but wants to learn and is willing to adjust as they learn, that's a good person. It's the people that think they're geniuses when they're fucking absolutely stupid. Now, those people are dangerous. That is a perfect illustration of Donald Trump and all these MAGA fucks that continue to follow him. Now, either they're incredibly stupid and they believe what they're saying, or they're just evil, and they're using that as scare tactics to get people on their side. And the only people that they can draw to their side are the equally as stupid people, and that's what they've done. 
the MAGA base has become smaller and smaller every day. People are seeing what's happening. They're feeling the effects of these MAGA fucks, and they're losing power. They still have enough power to make noise and cause trouble and disruption and such, but it's starting to fade, and that's the good news. So you're right about MAGA, Brenton, and in terms of costs, it is troubling. Now, over my lifetime, I've spent periods of time where I didn't have a lot of money, and it was a struggle to put gas in your car to buy food for the family. I understand that. And because I'm as old as I am and I don't have kids at home anymore and I don't have to rush off to work and do all those things, I don't have those stresses anymore. But that doesn't mean I'm not sympathetic to it because I have kids and I have grandkids and I have friends and grandnieces and nieces and nephews, and they're all younger and they're all struggling with the same thing. And it pisses me off. You know, when I see my family struggling, it really bothers me. I would rather struggle because I know how to handle it. I know how to deal with it than see younger relatives of mine struggling. You want to help, but you can only do so much. I've done a lot for my uh, my kids and my grandkids, and I will continue to do a lot for my kids and grandkids till the day I die. Some people say, no, when they're 18, send them out. Fuck that. I want my kids to have a better life than me. I want them to be better men than me. And I want to give them the highest platform to jump off of. And if I have the means and ways to do that, you can fucking better uh, accept the fact that I will do that. And, of course, my wife is on board with that, too, maybe even more so. But we are in a troubling situation because we have... um we have these problems, and it is tough to live. It's tough to pay bills. There has to be some changes going on soon because it can't continue like it is. I, you know, I talked about health care, for example. It gets higher and higher and tougher to afford. What happens when nobody can afford it? Well, these companies that have been grifting money off of us, stealing money from us, will have a problem, too. They'll have to drop the prices. But we shouldn't have to wait for that. We have a government for a very good reason. They're here to take care of us, to make sure this government runs the way it should. And as long as Republicans have any control at all, um, there are going to be hurdles to get over just to get our government to do what they were put in office to do. It's fucking annoying. Very fucking annoying. And I feel your pain, Brenton. And hopefully things will get better. I think because the MAGA fucks are fading, because the Gen Zs and the millennials are becoming more, more and more powerful voting block, uh, those people will find their demise coming very soon. And it can't come too soon. All right. The next email. Hello, Mike. My name is Allison, AK TikTok, Allie dot underscore cat zero. So check her out on TikTok. And I feel like I know you, but it is only one-sided, of course. Hence this email to introduce myself. So hello, I was born and still live and probably will die in Las Vegas, Nevada. I have worked in healthcare for 35 years as a CAT scan technologist. And now in the twilight of my career, work for the Department of Defense at a military hospital on Nellis Air Force Base. I am single, an atheist, childless, and depend on no one but myself. 
I have one cat who runs my life and an obnoxious housemate that annoys the fuck out of me. (laughs) I'm an avid listener to your TikTok content and handfuls of your podcast on Spotify. Thank you for inspiring me with all your insight and knowledge. I, too, am a baby boomer, February 1959. And you and Rachel, Matt, I'm assuming, have inspired me to learn more about the government and how it works. I have voted in most every election held, especially the presidential elections that have occurred occurred since I was 18, thanks to my high school government teacher who told us it was our civic duty to elect officials that decides what happens to we the people and our communities. Never gave it another thought, just do my civic duty every two to four years and move on. Well, that was until Trump, of course. During his administration, I was glued to the news and in a high state of anxiety along with many other Americans. My housemate was a retrumplicant until COVID hit. One son is a nurse and the other is a doctor. He was livid at how Trump mismanaged the pandemic from the get-go and how it affected his family. So it is the only thing he and I agree on how much hate and disdain we hold for Trump at all. Anyway, while listening to your TikTok one evening, that was discussing the Trumplicans trying to elect a House Speaker. I thought to myself, how did we get here? How did this happen? What can we do? Being a boomer, I like books. I ordered a couple of books on the basics of the U.S. government and how it works. I'm going to make it my new hobby to find out exactly what happens in Congress, the Oval, and the DOJ. Then I can talk some shit. (laughs) I have a hard copy of the January 6th report and watched intensely all hearings. I listened to Rachel Rachel Maddow's Ultra, great podcast, and I got so angry discovering this was never mentioned in any of my classes I ever took in school or college. That really burns me that this information I never knew, I still get mad just thinking about it. So again, Mike, thank you for your for the inspiration to get a couple of books and get down to business on what government should look like versus what it actually is in 2023. I think we have lost our way and need to get back on track. I also feel way too many of us are ignorant on the subject of the U.S. government, and I personally am going to take the bull by the horns and do something about it. My mom liked to remind me that knowledge is power. I hope she was right. Until next time, take care and be safe out there in this crazy, unstable world we live in. Looking forward to your great TikTok content in 2023. Allison, a.k.a. Alley Cat. Well, thank you, Allison, and I think you make an excellent point. One of the reasons we are in the position we are currently in is because of apathy. A lot of people have talked about that over the years. We've all been apathetic about our government. Things just seem to go along without too much tumult and tribulations. And we just figured, well, the government will happen. How we'll handle it, and it's 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 above our pay level, so we don't understand it. But just just let them do it because they'll take care of it. And we did that for decades. Unfortunately, it bit us in the ass 
because of that apathy, we are where we are now. I mean, it's disturbing when you hear the things we hear about. Top secret documents that are supposed to kept, be kept safe are now being found everywhere. There is, there is no security with these documents in spite of the fact we always believed there was to be. We thought that a president could go into the Oval Office and have some limitations and not do certain things and have to follow some norms. And God help him if he went over the top of those norms. But then Donald Trump comes in, does just that. We find out the government is toothless. There is no ramifications for him breaking laws in in the Oval Office. And it frightens me about this country. If there are no laws and there are no rules for some people, it's hard to have a democracy. I mean, we're worried about maintaining democracy and this government. But do we even have it now? If our Supreme Court, our members of Congress, and people in the Oval Office, the very President of the United States, are not accountable for fucking anything, well, that's not how democracy is supposed to work. And if that's not how it works, then do we have a democracy now? I think we have something that resembles a democracy, but because of our apathy, we have let it go to shit. That's on us. That's not on the government. Sure, they committed the crimes, they created the corruption, but we let them do it because we were apathetic. So when somebody like Allison comes along and says, you know what, I'm going to learn some shit. I'm going to know some shit. I think that's an important message. I think it's something we can all do. I tell you what, prior to doing TikToks and this podcast, I was paying attention to politics because of all the shit that was going on with Donald Trump, but not as close as I do now. I really focus in on this stuff. I read everything. I listen to everything. I try to analyze it out. And I knew at the time when I was starting to do this that there were a lot of people out there that don't know what's going on. They're being misled by the media. And because they don't know what's going on, it's sending this country further down a fucking rat hole. So I thought, well, maybe if I do the TikToks and uh, the podcast. I'll take the time to learn this, try to put it in a condensed version, and then provide it to the folks on TikTok and ultimately the podcast. And if I could catch enough interest or attention from people, maybe it would sink in with them and then they could pass it on to other people and hopefully other people could pass it on to other people. And maybe, maybe over a period of time, we could make a difference. See, that's the thing about boomers, especially boomers with a reasonable mind like you and me. We're all in the later stages of our lives. The younger people want to push us aside, as young people tend to do. So that doesn't give us much power, in spite of the fact that there is a large number of boomers out there, like 70 million boomers. They want to push us off to the side, but with 70 million people that could vote in the next election, that's substantial. Now, probably half of those won't vote, and maybe another third of those would vote for MAGA. So the people that have a reasonable mind in our group or people that are interested in our group, if we can give them the information they need so they know what's really going on and pass that information along, well, then maybe we can fucking do something. So that's the whole point of the Rational Boomer. 
And Allie, looking into this, taking the time to get an education about government. See, that's that's what Congress has loved. That's what the Department of Justice has loved. Don't worry about it. We got it handled. We didn't know a lot about what was going on in Congress. We sure as hell didn't know a lot about what was going on in the DOJ. And this is why Merrick Garland is in a tough spot now. It was easy to bring things into the DOJ, and he might say, well, that's too tough to do, so we're just not going to do it. He didn't have to worry about what we thought because we didn't know shit. Well, the tide has turned here a little bit. In terms of January 6th, we've seen all the evidence. We can dig out all the evidence. We know what the fuck happened. So now somebody like Merrick Garland or Jack Smith, they have to be more accountable in this whole situation. They've got, they've got pressure from us and hopefully that will help us to get some justice finally. That's one of the things we've lost a lot in this country is justice. Oh, there's justice for we middle class people. But apparently, if you're wealthy, have a corporation, or have a certain amount of power, there's a different kind of justice, and you can get away with whatever you want. And that's the change we have to make as the people, we the people of this country. And the only way we can do that is have knowledge, know what the fuck is going on, not allow them to slide things under the uh, under the uh, rug if we know and we put the pressure on, that's going to change things. And over and above the Republicans and the MAGAs, we've got to eradicate the MAGAs. But that doesn't fix shit yet. That just puts out the fire. We still got a big problem in this government. And it's on both sides, Republican and Democrat. So let's put out the fire, but keep the pressure on to both parties to finally do what they're supposed to do. Now that we're knowledgeable, informed, we have the evidence in front of our faces. Now we can take them to task. All right, this next email comes to us from uh, Daniel Choi. He says, hey, Mike, although your podcast topic of discussions are typically politics and your grandkids, this weekend starts the NFL playoffs. Oh, yes, I know. Although I grew up in Seattle, I have been a fan of the Vikings since the Fran Tarkenton days. He scrambled like no other. I swear he has eyes in the back of his head. I have my kids watch the um, the uh, videos on YouTube of Fran Tarkenton. It's almost it's almost comedic when you watch how much he scrambled and how he got away with things. It it almost looked choreographed. Since the Seahawks were not as good in the late 70s, I was rooting for the Vikings. However, since the Seahawks got moved to the NFC, my opinion of the Vikings has lost some luster, especially after Kirk Cousins came out as an anti-vaxxer. As a team sport, he's being selfish SOB. Even after all the reported deaths from COVID, how can anyone with a sound mind avoid um Avoid getting vaxxed, especially in a team sport. His rights affect the safety of the entire team and its opponents. However, on the other hand, I'm surprised the NFL is not enforcing vaccinations of all its players. You would think the NFL has a financial interest to vaccinate all players. 
After the Vikings lost, people of Minnesota may have lost their patience with Cousins. Although he puts up good stats during the regular season, he's not able to succeed in the playoffs. What are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins? Daniel of Los Angeles. I got to tell you, when I was a young man in the 70s, I was a huge Vikings fan. my, My world lived and died by watching the Vikings. If they won, I was in a good mood. If they lost, I was in a bad mood. But thankfully, as I got older, I became a little more mature and realized it's simply a fucking game. And after decades and decades of nothing but mediocrity out of the uh, Minnesota Vikings, the Minnesota Twins, the Minnesota Gophers, the Minnesota Wild, the Minnesota Timberwolves, it's hard to get excited, you know? I've come to a point in time where what happened when the Vikings just recently lost in the playoffs to the Giants My immediate thought was, well, Minnesota just being Minnesota. We maybe have a good season, but at the end, they'll rip your heart out. It happens every year. I become numb to it, and I I don't really pay as close attention as I normally did back in the day. I mean, sometimes if it's an interesting game, I'll sit and watch it. But a lot of times... I'll take advantage of the Vikings games, knowing that if I have to go shopping, that is the best time to shop because nobody is out there shopping. They're all watching the fucking game, getting disappointed or being excited. It just doesn't thrill me as much as it once did. Uh, Granted, I want the Vikings to win, and it's cool. And frankly, if the Vikings ended up in the Super Bowl, I'd probably jump on the fucking bandwagon quicker than anybody. But... uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, you know what, Daniel, this last game, I can't blame Kirk Cousins. I mean, the offense put up 24 points. Fucking defense didn't do shit. And frankly, the defense has been problematic all, all this year. You know, a lot of people were raving about that, uh, greatest comeback in NFL history that the Vikings, uh, came back, what, 34 points, something like that. Yeah, that was cool, and that was amazing. But these dumb fucks got down 34-0 to a team that was kind of half-assed that's not even in the playoffs. So as much as that comeback was great, they should have never been in that position before. Now, at the end of the year, they had one of their better seasons in terms of their record. It was 13-4, and four. and that's cool. But I always said, you know, as much as they have a – Good record. As much as uh, um, they uh, did play some good games and they had a lot of comebacks, they just didn't seem like a real good, real solid team to me. I never felt comfortable with them. You talked about the 70s. And when I think back to the 70s, I remember watching those Vikings teams and they'd be down by 21 points or something like that. But in my heart, I knew they were going to come back and win because they had the wherewithal to do that. I don't get that feeling from this current Vikings team. Kirk Cousins, he's a decent quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. When we signed him, we needed a quarterback, and they signed him for big money as if he was an elite quarterback. He wasn't an elite quarterback. He was the only quarterback available. He does a decent job, but there's something about him I don't like. The fact that he's an anti-vaxxer just added to that. Um, I would like to see Kirk Cousins gone, but who, who are you going to bring in? We've had many shitty quarterbacks in this uh, on this team. 
And it does us no good to put back uh, a shitty quarterback at the helm. So the one thing I will give to Kirk Cousins, he never gets hurt. You know, we had Teddy Bridgewater, and he was out for two years, and then we traded him or whatever happened. At least Kirk doesn't get hurt. At least he doesn't fuck up too much. But he does tend to choke in just the wrong time. I'll be honest with you, Daniel. There are bigger things for me to worry about than football. I do enjoy football. I love football. I played football. I watch football. My kids play football. I love it. But uh, I sometimes get frustrated with our pro teams and even our college teams in this town. It's, you know, we haven't had a championship season since 1991 with the Twins and 87 with the Twins. We were jacked up about that, but that's a long fucking time ago. We're talking 30-plus years. So I don't get too excited anymore. My wife always gives me a hard time. She loves the Minnesota Gopher football team. Her father worked for the University of Minnesota, and she went to all the games, and every year she's excited. And she's always dismayed that I'm not excited. And she says, why aren't you excited? It's a new season. We got this. We got that. I go, look, I was born in 1960. In that year, I think the Gophers won the national championship in the Rose Bowl. They were a great team. But since that time, through all of my life, and I'm 62, they've all been pretty mediocre seasons. So if my entire life has watched the Gophers be mediocre, why would I get excited? I know there's been a couple of years where they've been better. But ultimately, they haven't won a national championship. They can't even get a decent bowl. So excuse me for not getting excited when the new year comes around. All right, we've talked enough about sports. This one comes from Dave. Hey, Mike, Dave, the guy you met for breakfast in the cities with my 19-year-old uh, uh, kid. I don't. He, he says something here. Sounds weird. I, I don't know what he means by that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, there's a guy who lives in town. He reached out to me and says, hey, you want to meet for breakfast? I said, cool. He listened to the TikToks and the podcast. He said, can I bring my 19-year-old daughter? And I said, yeah, why not? And they were great people. And the 19-year-old daughter was cool as hell. So I was glad he brought her. Actually, it was far more entertaining, the fact that she was there. Two old guys talking about shit isn't really all that exciting. So he goes on to say, just wanted to drop you a line that I continue to listen to you every day with complete enjoyment. I appreciate how you informed uh, you keep me so that I'm able to talk logically and without anger to people that really just don't get it. Also, I wanted to let you know that now my 22-year-old son is listening to you consistently at his job. I also wanted to let you know how amazingly intelligent you make people sound. <laughs> Hell, even me. Before the midterms, you were talking about how there was no way there was going to be a red wave. I began with this narrative as well. And when I would talk to my parents, I would share this information and they would say, I sure hope you're right, but it doesn't look good, et cetera, et cetera. I heard the same shit. Then after the midterms, when we got a chance to visit again, they said, you were right about the midterms. I can't believe it. I had to lay claim to you and not keep the accolades for myself. Thanks, you prick. <laughs> that went dark quick. Seriously, thanks for all you do. Please keep the solid, sensible, and truthful message coming, Dave. Thank you very much, Dave. And you don't have to give me credit. Take the credit for yourself. Um, 
I mean, you know, I'm not just making this shit up. I'm reading it someplace too. So what the fuck do I know? Um, all I'm doing is taking a look at the facts and coming up with a logical answer. There is no prediction here. There's nothing like that. I was going to tell you too, I, I had kind of an interesting, it, it struck me as, as, as uh, very complimentary. And I'll tell you, I, I posted one of my TikToks on, on Facebook. And on Facebook, I have some people that follow me on the Rational Boomer Facebook that used to follow me on my my personal Facebook. And this is a young woman I went to uh, high school with. We both graduated from uh, Roosevelt High School in 1978. And I knew her and I know her and I've seen her since we graduated. Wonderful lady. She's got a great family. And um she follows me on the Rational Boomer uh, Facebook page. And I did a TikTok and she responded and she said, you know, I listen to your podcast every day. And it just struck me weird because I said to her, I said, you know, it's interesting. I It's very complimentary. I, I appreciate it immensely. But since you knew me in 1978 when I was a senior in high school, it's got to be weird for her knowing who I was back in 1978. I certainly wasn't talking about politics. I was probably talking about beer and dumb shit. So this has got to be quite a departure for us. So Elaine, thanks for the kind words and thanks for listening. All right. The last email, Mike, I don't know if you've mentioned this or not, but I'm thinking that the only reason the House has passed both the abortion legislation and the defunding the IRS legislation is to both campaign off of it and fundraise off of it. I know some Republican voters are dumb enough to believe that the House has accomplished something, but I hope the members of the House are smart enough to know that it won't pass the Senate. I agree with you about Kevin McCarthy. He won't survive the year as a speaker. I wouldn't be surprised if the debt ceiling is the fight that does him in. Tony Michael suggested that in the podcast yesterday, and I think he's right. I have a feeling that if he sides with the Freedom Caucus and tries to default the government, the moderate Republicans will get Democratic support and oust him. I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't already some talks going on in secret between a couple of moderate Republicans and Democrats about this. So if it does happen, they can get a new speaker on the first ballot. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised of that. In fact, I was a little surprised it didn't happen while they were in the 14, 15 ballots. Um, Tony Michael said something yesterday, and uh, it was interesting. He said two things. One I agree with, one I don't agree with. The one I agree with is it sounds like um, they're going to sacrifice Kevin McCarthy. This is Tony Michaels' theory. McCarthy is going to get pressure from the reasonable Republicans. He's going to cut a deal with the Democrats. The debt limit will be raised and everything will be okay. And that, of course, will piss off MAGA. And MAGA will then use the um, motion to vacate. One person will step up and say, we need a vote of no confidence. And then uh, McCarthy will get his ass kicked out. And that will be the excuse for kicking out McCarthy. Um, and also setting the debt limit higher. You see, nobody wins on not allowing the debt limit 
to be raised and shutting the government down. It's not just poor people. It's not just middle class people. It's the rich people. It's the corporations. It's economies around the world. The idea that they could shut down the government is fucking crazy. And that's another option that Tony Michael said. He said, or it could happen. Well, they'll shut it down and it'll be shut down for nine months. Theoretically, that could be true. I just don't seeing that happen. That doesn't make any fucking sense at all. There's no way that's going to happen. There's no way anybody will allow that to happen. If we get to that point, you're going to have some angry folks, and then we might see some violence because this will impact everybody, not just Democrats, but Republicans too. So that's something to consider. All right, we're going to talk about some news, some of the shit that's going on this week. And we'll get to that right after this. So we've got this documents problem. We know that Donald Trump stole literally hundreds, if not thousands, of top secret and classified documents. He brought them to his home in Mar-a-Lago. He, God knows what he was planning to do with them or what he's already done with them. That said, the National Archives said, hey, you got some documents. We need them back. So he packs up 17 boxes and sends them back. The National Archives says, whoa, 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 you've got a bunch more. We want them back. Donald Trump and his lawyer says, oh, no, no, we, we don't have any more. In fact, his lawyers wrote up and signed an affidavit to that effect. Well, of course, the FBI went in, searched his residence at Mar-a-Lago and found another 20 boxes of top secret documents. Of those top secret documents, there is probably 40 um, folders that happen to be empty. Interesting. We still don't know if we've gotten back all of the top secret documents from Donald Trump. So there's an investigation, likely to be some indictments coming soon. But uh, we just can't have anything nice anymore in this country. Because, of course, there are some documents found at uh, Joe Biden's think tank and at his home. You know, we're talking about maybe 12, 13 documents compared to thousands of documents that Donald Trump held. But, of course, the Republicans are trying to equivocate those two things saying that what Joe Biden did was just as bad as what Donald Trump did. Fact is, there's a vast difference in what's going on here. Donald Trump stole these documents, purposely stole these documents, then tried to hide them, then lied to the DOJ and the FBI that he had them. Joe Biden's people came up with these documents and immediately turned them over to the National Archives, which is what you're supposed to do. In any of these kinds of crimes, if they are crimes, it involves a lot with the way with the way you look at it as far as intent. Clearly, there was no intent by the Joe Biden administration to steal or take these documents. It was either a mistake or something else. Donald Trump, on the other hand, his intent is clear, too, because he flat out stole them and lied to the DOJ. But still, the Republicans want to equivocate those two things to create chaos and murky the waters about what's going on here. Try to take attention off of Donald Trump. Well, that won't work. Now, the White House has pushed back on Republican outrage over the discovery of the classified documents at Biden's residence, uh, calling 
for indignant. <laughs> All right, now let me go back. Calling for the indignation of GOP lawmakers. They call it shamelessly hypocritical. And that's, you know, frankly, that's what the fuck it is. It's, it's hypocritical, but that's not out of the ordinary for Republicans at this point. Now, Ian Sams, he is a White House spokesperson. He said, House Republicans have no credibility. Oh, no shit. They can't even get along with themselves. Half of them are insurrectionists. Yeah, they have no credibility. Their demands should be met with skepticism, and they should face questions themselves about why they are politicizing this issue and admitting that they actually do not care about the underlying classified material. I think there's another question to ask. I mentioned it early in the podcast. These are classified or top secret documents. They're supposed to be kept safe. They're supposed to be kept in secure rooms, skiffs. But all of a sudden, we've got top secret documents all over the fucking place, all over Mar-a-Lago, New York, now in Delaware with uh, Joe Biden's homes and, and, and think tank. Who's dropping the ball here? How did the, it's one thing to hold people responsible for having possessions of these things, but how did that happen? Why is there not more security to these documents if in fact they are so important? We've got to look at Donald Trump for his crimes. We've got to look into Joe Biden and see what happened there. But we really need to look into the National Archives, the DOJ, and find out how this fucking even happened. Put it this way. If I want to grab a top secret document, how easy is that going to be for me? How am I going to get it? Am I going to get into the White House? Am I going to go to the National Archives and say, yeah, I'd like to check out those top secret documents? Of course, that's not going to happen. You and I couldn't fucking get top secret documents. So how could they? How do they get loose out into the world, into the ether where they're not supposed to be? How did it get there? So we've got to take Donald Trump to task. We've got to hold him responsible to his crimes. We also have to check into what's going on with this Biden thing, because this is a problem, too. I don't think Joe Biden did anything that was going to be illegal with him. I'm not even sure Joe Biden even knew they were there. And that takes me back to something I was talking about with with um, Tony Michaels yesterday. And I always, I hate talking about this because it goes so against the grain of anything I would talk about. And it really falls under the category of conspiracy theory. But there are people who think these documents that were found on Joe Biden's property were planted by Donald Trump. On the surface, that sounds fucking crazy. That sounds like something I would say, fuck you, that's stupid, just shut up about it. But then you think about it. I'm not saying it did happen. But when you think of Donald Trump's entire life has been about blackmail, making money, and getting power that way, you think about all the crazy things he's done and the Trumplicans have done in the last six years, and then all of a sudden it doesn't sound too crazy. But again, the question is, how do these documents get on Joe Biden's property? Well, then we have to look at the Secret Service. 
I know this sounds crazy, but we know we have a lot of problems with the Secret Service. We know Joe Biden says he doesn't trust the Secret Service. And we know that some members of the Secret Service are sympathetic to Donald Trump. Then we think about the 40 empty envelopes that were taken out of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort. Well, where are the documents that should have been in those envelopes? Again, doesn't the National Archives have records of everything that has ever gone into the archives or should go into the archives? Shouldn't we know what was in those folders? And then Donald Trump starts truth socialing or whatever the fuck you call it and talking as if he knew what was in the documents that were found with Joe Biden. Now, remember what I've always said, Donald Trump will always fuck himself. He will always implicate himself. And, you know, he may be just talking out his ass, but he's making some suggestions or did make some suggestions about what was in the documents that were found on Biden's property. Now, if that is the case, how does he know that? As I've said, it's very easy to look at. Look at the dates on the documents. If they are prior to 2016, then they probably came from then-Vice President Joe Biden. If if it's after 2016, it has to come from the Trump administration, because Joe Biden was a private citizen at that point and had no access to top-secret documents. It seems pretty simple. It doesn't seem like it's too hard to figure out. So now, of course, we've got the Democrats all up in arms about how the Republicans are reacting to Donald Trump. And Tony Michaels made a good um, good suggestion yesterday. Every case that they make against Joe Biden just further indicts Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump not only did something similar, he did something more egregious to what Joe Biden is alleged to have done. <clears throat> Now, the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, chaired by Representative James Comer, launched an investigation one day after the White House first disclosed that the lawyers had found several classified documents from Biden's time as vice president. Again, we have to question, was it from the time when he was vice president? If it was, then we've got to question Joe Biden. If it wasn't, then we've got to look into that. And, of course, now Merrick Garland has hired a special counsel. I think that's a good thing. He certainly reacted quicker to Joe Biden's documents than he did Donald Trump's documents. But I think he's doing it to try to protect himself with the case against Donald Trump. He can't look like he's uh, favoring Joe Biden over Donald Trump. He's got to be fair. He's got to be straightforward. And that really is the best thing to do. If these were put in these locations by Joe Biden or or people connected to Joe Biden, I think we'll find that it was a mistake or something like that. I mean, clearly, Joe Biden has access to all top secret documents now and had access to a lot of them when he was vice president, too. If he took them, what, in fact, is he using him for? Now, I will say this. If this special counsel ends up finding out something negative uh, by Joe Biden and these documents, well, they need to take his ass down. He is our president. I like Joe Biden. But if he did something untoward, 
we don't need that motherfucker in the White House. And as I've said before, what's crazy about the Republicans, if they truly want to get rid of Joe Biden, well, then they're going to have to contend with Kamala Harris. And I don't think they're going to like that. But I will tell you this. There are some other people talking about conspiracy theories that this may be the Democrats doing this to ensure that Joe Biden doesn't run in 2024. I've said all along, I don't think he will run in 2024. He's going to be 82 years of age. And regardless of how well he's done in the four years he was president, it just doesn't make sense to put somebody that old in office. Um, I'm 62 and I've lost a step. At 82, I'm sure Joe Biden will have lost a number of steps. And it's about time that we get out of the era of the old white man. I've said this many times as well. The time has come that we need to have the era of the younger, more diverse crowd. Women, people of color, younger people. This is what we need. I mean, to be perfectly honest, the future is not ours. I'm 62 years old. What's going to happen 20 years from now really won't have an impact on me if I'm even still here. But it will impact my kids and it will impact my grandchildren and they should be allowed to determine their own destiny. You would think, right? But these old white men keep holding on and keep grasping for power and they're doing everything they can. We see that with the Republican Party. They're doing the gerrymandering. They're doing all these tricks and they're doing anything they can to hold on to power, and they are struggling. Their time is short. As I've said before, by 2028, the boomers will no longer be the uh, majority that are voting in the elections, and that is going to be a problem for the Republicans. Now, these two entities, the Democrats and Republicans, can fight out fight about whose situation with the documents is worse. Clearly, it's Donald Trump, because what he did was far more egregious, and there are investigations and likely indictments to come out. But as I've said before, I'm getting a little frustrated. I'm the one that always said, just wait, be patient, bide your time, and it will get done. And I still feel that way. I'm not a prosecutor. I'm not an attorney general. I don't know what goes into this whole process. And I'll grant you, if you're going to indict a former president or even sitting members of Congress, you need to be cautious. You need to do it right, because if you fuck it up, you're done. Merrick Garland will be gone in an instant, and all these people that committed crimes will get away with it. We certainly don't want that. But the time is quickly coming that something needs to be done. We need some action as soon as possible. We're two years away from the 2024 election. We don't want to get a year out and say, oh, we can't do anything now because we got an election coming. We've gone through a midterm election. We've gone through the holidays. We've done all the shit we're supposed to do. And now is the time we need some fucking action. So now's the time we need to put the pressure on Merrick Garland and Jack Smith. I presume we're looking at some action here sometime soon, but we don't know that for sure. We kind of have to wait and see. And that's, you know, that's what we'll fucking do. It's a pivotal moment in this country right now. 
when some of this stuff comes down, we are going to see a big shift in this country. I can feel that there's a big change coming in this country. And frankly, I see it as a positive for this country. I mean, it can't get any worse than what it was the past six years. Things go in cycles. They are bad, but uh, as as it, what's it said in the Bible, and and this too will pass. And that is true. Everything passes. In my lifetime at 62, in terms of politics, we've had some scary times, some terrible times, some corrupt times. But we've always gotten through them and come out the other side and generally been better off. That will happen here, too. As much as the media will try to tell you all is lost and democracy is gone and all the people that believe that bullshit in spite of them, they'll all be wrong. This too will pass and we will be fine. But that's not to suggest we don't put up a fight. And again, like I talked about earlier in the podcast, that's the whole point of the Rational Boomer podcast, to give people more information, more ammunition to fight against those people that will lie to you and try to bully you and try to um, gaslight you. Tired of this shit. That's the most frustrating thing for Republicans whenever I talk to them. Because I'm telling them things they don't know, facts they have no clue about. And then they become stymied. They don't know what to fucking say. And then they get mad and say, oh, you're mean. I'm mean because I told you uh, the facts and are holding you accountable to the facts. Well, that's how they act. That's how bullies act. The moment they're pushed back, they claim victim. If we really want to know who these Republicans are, there was something yesterday that really describes them. And it should be a red flag to us as to just how dangerous these people are. They're not just criminals. They're not just corrupt. They are purveyors of violence, and they are dangerous. And we should know that. We should accept that. And we should be willing to respond to that. You know, it's one thing to be careful and to be um, concerned about doing the right thing all the time. But if we as a people are in danger— Desperate times call for desperate measures. You're probably wondering what I'm talking about. Well, police in Albuquerque, New Mexico, arrested a gentleman by the name of Solomon Pena. He's a former Republican candidate for the State House of Representatives, and he was arrested on Monday in connection with multiple shootings at local Democratic politicians' homes, authorities said. This is a guy who's a Republican running for the State House of Representatives in New Mexico. He lost, and guess what he thinks? He thinks the elections were rigged. He thinks there was election fraud, and he didn't actually lose. Well, I wonder where he got that idea. All started with Donald Trump, and now every time a Republican loses, oh, the the elections are rigged. It was stolen from me. And it's one thing to say that and go to court like Kerry Lake and all this other bullshit, but you knew somebody would take it to a further extent. And this Solomon Pena decided he was so mad that he'd go with a gun to Democratic politicians' homes and start shooting. 
That's who these Republicans are. That's what it can get to if we allow it, if we don't do anything to hold them accountable. Albuquerque Police Chief Harold Medina or Medina said Pena is accused of conspiring, conspiring with paying for other men to shoot homes of two county commissioners and two legislators. He was arrested after a brief standoff with the local SWAT team. So not only did he grab a gun, he hired four other people. Now, this is a conspiracy. This is a terrorist attack. And this is a Republican who's butthurt because he lost a state election. The department is investigating at least six shootings, six shootings which occurred between December 4th and January 5th. Four of those have been linked to Pena, police said, and two others are still under investigation. But you know he had something to do with it. It is believed that he is the mastermind. I hate that term for Republicans. There is no mastermind in Republicans. They're all dumb fucks. Medina said at a news conference on Monday that uh, he believes that Pena was the mastermind nonetheless. During one attack on December 11th, at least 12 bullets were fired at a county commissioner's home. The Albuquerque Journal reported that. Now, during another shooting on January 3rd, multiple shots were fired at State Representative State Representative Linda Lopez's home, including three bullets that went through her 10-year-old daughter's bedroom. Why are we just hearing about this now? This happened early December. We're in mid-January now. We hadn't heard about this. Now, all of a sudden, they've had enough shootings out there. They go, hey, we may have a problem. And it's a fucking Republican who lost an election. So Pena launched an unsuccessful bid for New Mexico's 14th House District in 2022, losing not a close one. He lost by 47 percentage points to his Democratic opponent, State Representative Miguel Garcia. The Albuquerque Journal notes that Pena has continued to dispute the results of the race, claiming election fraud. Claiming election fraud. You lost by 47 points. You honestly believe there's election fraud or you believe you can bully your way into office. And when that doesn't work, you decide, I'm going to grab a gun and shoot people because I'm angry. Fuck you. Fuck you. Now, he faced criticism during his bid after Garcia filed a suit to disqualify him from office over a 2008 conviction for stealing in a smash-and-grab robbery. He served seven years in prison, but a judge ruled that local laws barring convicted felons from office was unconstitutional. Unconstitutional. A guy does a smash-and-grab robbery, spends seven years in jail. And it's unconstitutional for him to run for office? Well, there's yet another problem we need to look into. Those types of people should not be in a position to run for office. Neither should people that are indicted, like Tony Michaels was talking about yesterday. Some of these people in Congress could get indicted and still stay in office. Well, how is that possible? I don't deny that Tony Michaels may be right about this, but that's a problem. That's a big problem in this government. If criminals can run for office, win office, and continue to commit crimes, 
we we need to work this out. That's a fucking problem. You're probably uh, not surprised to hear that uh, Donald Trump is going to extremes to grift money. A lot of his money is drying up because people are tired of sending him money and not getting anything in return. Not fighting to get him put back in the awful office. Nothing he said he's going to do with the money he's collected thus far has come to fruition. Listen to this one. This one is interesting. Donald Trump's presidential campaign is under fire. <laughs> yeah, by many different people, many different uh, legal authorities. But it's under fire after a local news anchor from Florida accused the organization of sending out a fundraising email that appeared to be from Governor Ron DeSantis, but the Trump campaign says the email is fake. It's a slick fundraising email, tweeted Spectrum News 13 anchor Greg Angel on Monday, noting that it included the Florida governor's campaign logo, photo, and all. But check the fine print, he continued. It's a fundraising email actually for Trump PAC and presidential campaign. Always read the fine print. Now, of course, the Trump organization is saying, oh, that's a fake thing. Somebody's just trying to set us up. Well, that's interesting because he'd already tried doing this before with Herschel Walker. Remember when the Senate runoff? He sent out a letter as Donald Trump trying to... Uh, uh, fundraise for Herschel Walker, presumably. Well, that was a nice thing to do. But again, if you read the fine print, it showed that 90% of the money raised would go to Donald Trump and 10% to Herschel Walker. So the idea that he might be using Ron DeSantis to fundraise isn't crazy because he's already done it once. A former popular president using a very popular governor to raise campaign cash. Imagine that. Not the first email like this. More and more, it shows Governor DeSantis' orbit of power and influence, his gravitational pull in the GOP. The allegations prompted a flood of reactions. Uh, somebody said, Trump is impersonating DeSantis in his fundraising email. A highly doubtful team DeSantis signed off on this. Not a good sign for Trump of 2024's campaign. He's having trouble fundraising on his name because his name has been sullied by all the investigations and all the potential indictments. So the only way he can get money now for his campaign, which he will never mount, he will either not be allowed to run for president or he just will not run. He's having so much trouble raising money that he has to pretend he's Ron DeSantis. How do you think Ron DeSantis is going to react to that? The over and under on DeSantis campaign sending a cease and desist letter because this, said former Trump attorney Jen Ellis, is definitely going to happen. But Brad Pascal, a former Trump campaign manager, claimed that the fundraising email was fake. You should confirm things first, making more fake news like as usual, he said in a response to Angel's tweet. 
it's fake. It's fake. Somebody other than Donald Trump's people sent it out, but the money goes to Donald Trump. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time believing that. Alexander Bruschwitz, a conservative political strategist, also alleged that the fundraising email was fake, but he placed the blame among allies of DeSantis. See, this is the same argument when they said that it was Antifa attacking the Capitol on January 6th. Why would Antifa attack the Capitol? Why would Nancy Pelosi want to interrupt the certification of a Democratic president? You see what I'm saying? It's fucking ridiculous. It makes no goddamn sense. So now they're trying to do it here. Oh, DeSantis is just doing this to make Trump look bad. Nonetheless, Trump is getting money off of this fucking letter. It's it's absolutely absurd. It's immature. It's stupid. And it's exactly what you'd expect out of Donald Trump. Brushwitz wrote on Twitter, This is fake. No official Trump PAC sent this email out. Pro-Ron DeSantis 2024 surrogates are spreading this lie all over the place. Well, no Trump PAC sent this out. But somebody under the cover of darkness, somebody covertly did this for Donald Trump. And is that so surprising? Donald Trump doing corrupt, criminal, covert, under the uh, table type of shit. That's not crazy. And he's desperate for money. So what are you going to do? You're going to try to get it off the back of Ron DeSantis. And now I don't care about Ron DeSantis either. I'm just loving the fact that Donald Trump is fucking over Ron DeSantis, who then will fuck over Donald Trump. And they'll be so busy fucking each other over that uh, the Democrats will win in a walk in 2024. The Trump campaign later outright denied that it had sent the email. <laughs> Trump denying something that never happened. <laughs> How many things has he denied? He denied stealing documents, and then he told us he stole documents. He denied being connected to Russia, but Russia meddled in 2016 to benefit Donald Trump. Donald Trump's good at denying things. He's just not very good about being honest about it. The Trump campaign later outright denied that it sent the email. That's hilarious. The fundraising email is fake and did not come from us, Trump campaign spokesman Stephen Chung told Semaphore's Shelby Talcott. <laughs> of course he's going to deny it. Donald Trump and the Republicans deny every fucking thing. They don't own up to anything. It's absolutely absurd. And you would think after all this time and the many, many times they've done this, people have figured it out. Even the Trump fucks have got to say, my God, what's going on here? Now, if the people in Florida find this out, obviously this is going to be problematic for Donald Trump in any future election, especially the 2024 election. See, that's the problem Donald Trump has here. Because of who he is, when he fails, he refuses to admit it. The 2020 election is proof of that. He knew he lost. He knew there was no election fraud, but still he complained about it and bitched about it. 
he will never, ever give in to the fact that there was no election fraud in 2020. I promise you that. He will never, ever admit to that. And in this situation, stealing Ron DeSantis's logo and try to fundraise off that, he will never, ever admit to that. But that should be evidence enough, based on his history, that he did exactly this. Because all he does is deny, distract, delay, divert. That's what he does. That's the only strategy he knows. He does criminal things and then says, no, I never did that. Even if you watched him fucking do it. Now, it's real easy to figure out if he did this, that money had to go somewhere. Where did the money go? So are you telling me that Ron DeSantis's people sent out this letter? and then had them send money to Donald Trump just to make them look bad? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I bet that happened. Fuck's sake. Uh, You know, we really are at a point where we need to stop this shit. It's laughable. It's almost ridiculous. We have to do whatever it takes to shut these fucking fools down. They make this country look foolish. They cause nothing but chaos and uh, problems in our government. And we've got some big issues we've got to deal with, but we got to listen to bullshit like this. I hope this pisses off Ron DeSantis, and I'm sure it will. And I hope he does something in return. You know, maybe what he could do is get a a plane and put all the Trump family on the plane and send them to fucking Lincoln, Nebraska or something, just like he did with the uh, immigrants. I don't know. I'm enjoying how the Republicans hate one another. They won't have time to hate the Democrats. Donald, If Donald Trump gets to 2024 and there's some indication that he might run, The fight between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump will be so loud and so annoying. Whoever the Democratic president is, a presidential candidate is, will win it in a walk. I think that's going to happen anyway. There's no way over the next two years the Republicans can do anything to look good enough to win any fucking election. So it may take two years to get to the point we need to get to. But it's important that we expose Donald Trump, all the trump the MAGA people, anybody that follows these people, expose them for the ridiculousness, make fun of them, just do whatever we can to shut them down and uh, question their integrity. Because they have no integrity. We know that. It's, <laughs> you know, if it wasn't so scary and didn't have so much effect on negative effect on this country it would be hilarious but uh, i don't know all right we're ready to wrap up the rational boomer podcast i want to thank you for spending the time to listen i hope you have a great day again a reminder we did it a little different today you have the audio podcast like you're used to but if for some reason You freaks want to see my face while we're doing the podcast. You'll be able to go to uh, the Rational Boomer YouTube and see the whole podcast in video form. I got to tell you, I've been sitting here looking at myself. It's not that fucking entertaining. It's just me, like you see in the TikToks. But at least the TikToks are only two, three minutes long. This is a fucking hour plus of just 
this face looking at you. Listen to the audio one. It'll be more entertaining. Um, but for those of you that want the video, here you go. You asked for it. I got it for you. <laughs> so have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.